From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, we share insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter. Developing the mental toughness of an ultra performer. That is the theme of today's show, and we have somebody here as a guest who works as a mental conditioning coach with several professional and, and collegiate athletes. And so we're going to hear some sort of behind the stage, uh, behind the scenes, secrets and stories and of strategies that happen in the locker room and in training camp with some of uh, the world's most well-recognized teams and uh, athletes. Uh, his name is Ben Newman and really, really fascinating stuff. But I think, you know, even if you're not huge into sports and I can't really say I used I used to be into sports, but I can't really say that I've followed sports all that closely at all in the last several years, really. But um, regardless of if you're into sports or not, I think you're going to see some very, very dramatic and significant parallels to how the 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 habits of mental toughness of these ultra performing athletes translates directly to your life to your life as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a salesperson, as a parent, as a, as a brother or a sister, as a, as a performer, as a, as a human. And these ideas are, are, you're about to learn firsthand some of the strategies that the world's highest performers in terms of a, of a peak physical prowess, what they're doing mentally to give themselves the winning edge. So I think you're going to love it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being here. We'll get started just after this message. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales, but sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. To schedule your free one-on-one business action planning session with a Southwestern coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst. This guy's an amazing dude. Uh, his name is Ben Newman, uh, and he is a, a, his a expertise is in the area of mental toughness and like ultra performance. And it's cool. He works in business, but he also works with sports teams. And, uh, he's like the mental toughness coach for, for teams. Like right now, you're going to hear he's, he's with the Rams, uh, and in the NFL, he's worked with the Chargers and the Cowboys and the Rams. And, uh, he has been a performance coach for the North Dakota State Bisons who won a national championship and the Mizzou basketball team. He shared the stage with people like Jerry Rice and, um, you know, Ray Lewis. And we actually kind of shared the virtual stage on John Gordon's Power of Positive Summit, which, um, you know, we've obviously had John on the show a couple of times and, and we're buds and, and we love some of the work that John is doing. So Ben was one of the other facilitators uh, with myself and John with that a few months ago. And anyways, as soon as I got to know more about him, I was just sort of fascinated and captivated 
by this concept of mental toughness, specifically with pro athletes. And so I was like, dude, we got to get you on the show. I need to learn from you, and 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 we're going to do it. So here he is. So Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for the, for that introduction. I'll tell you what, it's a fantastic introduction, but it's totally not fair. Uh, it is amazing that we had the opportunity to meet via social media, also to share that virtual platform. It's amazing to have this opportunity to be with all your listeners. But one thing I want to add to that bio, because you're highlighting the good stuff, is I am trying to fight to get better every single day. John Gordon's been my mentor since 2008, and I've always found that when we get knocked down, that's when we really learn what we're made of. So I'm excited to learn from you and excited to be with all your listeners. Well, so let's talk about that. So let's talk about getting knocked down, first of all, just since we're on the topic of the NFL. And I know it's not like you only work with teams in the NFL, but that you've got a good little roster there. And I know, aren't you, aren't you at the Rams training camp right now as we talk or something like that? Yeah. So, yes, I, I actually am. So I'm out in LA. I was at uh, the Chargers camp yesterday. I'll be at Rams uh, camp today for meetings and then their practice and Tomorrow I'll be at uh, the Cowboys facility and then and then home. So this is kind of that training camp time before the NFL season starts. It's cool. So, uh, you know, football, I played one year of football and quickly realized that one of my main objectives in life is to not get physically hit. Um, <laughs> and I, spend, I spend a fair bit of my life calculating decisions to avoid uh, physical contact Um you know, certainly endured what I would I would call you know a, a reasonably fair share of emotional hits and rejection and things like that. But when you coach, I know specifically one of the things you do is you work with the rookies. Um, and I have to think that when you go from college to the NFL, when you get hit in the NFL, it's got to be another level. Uh, I remember when I moved from playing high school basketball to, uh, you know, practicing with college basketball at DU, the speed was so intensely different. And I have to think that going from college to pro. So when you're doing work with, uh, you know, sort of this like peak performance work, what are some of the things that you're going to take a rookie? Like, how do you prepare a rookie to go? How do you prepare a rookie mentally for the NFL? Like, what's that like? So I'll share with you, what a great um, point that you bring up in terms of the speed and the difference and the strength, right? Because you go from, you know, playing in college where there's hundreds of teams to 32 teams, and it's the best in the world. But there's one caveat I want to add, and it's where I often spend a lot of time with athletes, and I'm going to relate it back to all the listeners you're also fighting for a job. You know, think about in college, you know, it, it's the love of the game. It's the passion for the game. These rookies, even drafted guys, right, seven rounds in the draft, sometimes they show up and there are people fighting to take their job. They don't care where you were drafted. You, you are looking at a depth chart to determine how good you are, and it's easy to get distracted in terms of your focus. And then these men who are bigger and stronger and have the experience, they want to hit you as hard as they can because you're not a teammate yet. I want to take your job. And I think sometimes we as individuals, no matter what wow. we're doing, we get, we get distracted, right? We get distracted from what we're supposed to do. So what I always encourage athletes to do, and really for the listeners, everybody listening, if I was sitting one-on-one -on -one with you, you could describe a period of time in your career where you have been most successful. You could take me back and tell me what that emotion felt like, what your behaviors looked like, what your belief felt like, and that's what I do with these athletes. 
I say forget about the distractions. we got to clear the clutter. Do not worry about a depth chart. Focus on what it looks like for you to be your best. And we've had the blessing of, of working with many individuals. I actually wrote an article for Forbes. You guys can check it out. It's called Harnessing the Power of Your Vision about Will Compton. And Will Compton was an undrafted free agent. Everything I just shared, I did with him the first time we ever met. We actually met on Twitter, so now there's two stories of social media. <laughs> real life friends. Yeah, real life friends. I mean, he's like, a, he's like a, literally like an uncle to my kids now. He was an undrafted free agent out of University of Nebraska. Fast forward four years, starting middle linebacker for the Washington Redskins, and he's their defensive captain. And literally the first time we met, everything I just said, Tell me what made you a captain at Nebraska. Help me understand the feeling and emotion. What do you believe? And forget about the things you can't control. So, so you're basically talking about like an almost like a. I think of so Dustin, one of my partners, talks about like anchoring moments. He 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 tells this story all the time about when he was in high school and he was wrestling about going back to this one moment when he almost like in a visceral way trying to re relive that experience um and and to understand and just kind of go back to that place and sort of in a neurological way feel what success felt like and then to sort of play out of that state is that what you're talking about not only is it what i'm talking about i would love the opportunity to get to know dustin better dustin nailed it that's exactly it we actually use a technique that i call your emotional trigger so we actually take that player back to that ideal state. I want to feel the emotion. Tell me what the grass felt like under your feet. Tell me what the sweat felt like dripping down your nose. And the moment you put your hand on the ground before they snapped that football, what did it feel like and where was your belief system? I want to take you right there. So Dustin, Dustin huh. nailed it. That's it. Because when people can get into that emotional state. Yeah, I always thought only... Dustin was a crazy, I always thought Dustin was a crazy <laughs> maniac. And, and here you're going, man, Dustin's a genius. Homeboy's a genius. I love it. Well, so, so check this out. So for you, if you were to tell me all of those, if I were to say, tell me that moment for you, the moment you stepped on the stage, the moment you felt the audience differently than you ever have, the connection that you had, you made eye contact with people. It was like you were, you're in front of thousands of people, but you're one-on-one -on -one with everybody you take, make eye contact with. When we're going through that, you are now visualizing yourself being back in that moment. So, so you take me to that moment. Uh, and, 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 you know, Dustin would definitely to what you're saying is, is a, is a peak performer. So he's the, it's funny you say this. So he broke, uh, you know, cause you met Dave Brown, one of our other yep. business partners, one of the other founding partners of, you know, and, and those, you know, the three of us, we're some, you know, we're part of the original, like six or seven people. And now we have like 150 and I know, you know, Dave Brown, but they both made about a hundred thousand dollars in college selling books door to door, which is how all the three of us met. And so Dustin broke the all-time record, and he, uh, you know, he is one of these guys that breaks belief barriers. And so this, you're saying this really works, is to go back into that moment and feel it. Well, so think about it. Let's take one of your listeners right now who's in sales. And right now they are stressed about a big target. They're stressed about a big quota. And you and I, Roy, let's say we're coaching them together, and we take them to that moment. They can see it. They can feel it. And then we actually say, hey, Ben and I are going to sit back, and we're just going to listen. And we listen to all that emotion. The follow-up question then becomes, what were you not thinking about when you were in that state of telling me how great that moment was? Well, I'm not thinking about the quota. I'm not thinking about the stress. 
You see, we all have the ability to control our thoughts and our mindset. If you focus on the stress of the quota, you'll be stressed out by the quota. If you get yourself into a mindset where I can say all I can control is one dial at a time, I'll be locked in up just like a football player. I'm locked in and focused six seconds of play. I'm locked in and focused one dial at a time, and I'm going to give my love, my passion, my energy for my work to this phone call. And when I'm done with this phone call, I'm going to go to the next. And I'm not going to worry about the last one or the next one. I'm going to worry about this one right now. So when you're thinking about getting into that state, we silence the noise, we silence the distraction, and we can focus. Hmm. Uh, I'm taking notes here. So I like what you said there. You're not worrying about the last one. You're not worrying about the next one. And that's powerful. So you go, when you were thinking in that, when you go back and it's not so much what you were thinking as much as it's almost, it's almost as much about what you were not thinking. You were not thinking about, oh, am I going to screw it up or whatever? You just had this sort of confidence and this, this sort of power flowing through you that you're going to then roll into this next dial or this next play. That's exactly right. Okay, so I like that. So I like this idea. So when you talk about a rookie, one of the things you said kind of earlier going backwards was you talked about, um, you know, focus on what it looks like to be your best. So I'm curious about this because I have a personal philosophy on this. And I think, uh, you know, I've seen ultra performers. And, and so here's the, here's the topic, competing versus yourself versus competing against other people. I have always been a compete versus myself guy. I am not competing against anybody else. I am trying to outperform, uh, you know, and lately I'm, you know, trying to shift my intention to outserve the person that I've been previously. Um, and it, it's like, it has nothing to do with what anybody else is doing. I've met business leaders though, who were successful that did, I've met both types. I've met people who are like me and I feel like I've met a lot of successful people who are like, no, I want to crush the freaking competition. Um, but my question specifically for you is in the world of professional sports, do you think that both of those exist is one better than the other or is it more about, uh, and, and is there more of one than the other? So I, I have a tendency to, to separate the two and to focus on the mindset that you have. So let me, let me explain that more. Every NFL team, 32 teams, every one of them, their goal is to win the Super Bowl. You know, no team is going to say, you know, our goal is that we lose every football game this year. I hope it's just a terrible season, right? I mean, everybody, you want to win the or Super Bowl. Or I hope, we're, I hope we're, 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 we're right above average. Right? Like, oh, I, I hope we're just <laughs> barely above 500. Right, yeah, exactly. Let's sneak in above average, just above average. So every team wants to win the Super Bowl. Every team wants to crush the competition. But the reality is that's just the goal. The only way that we can tackle that goal is the belief system I have, which is the same as yours, is for each individual on that team to give their very best. It's for each individual to say, for my position, this is what I'm responsible for. And I'm going to take personal responsibility for the action I need to take in terms of how I break down my game film, the nutrition I put in my body because of the energy that it produces, to the effort that I put forth in the field, to the effort that I put forth in the weight room, to the effort I put forth in terms of my vision and my belief system. Once you've designed that, it comes down to the choices that you make every day. And you're right, that's between you and you. And I, I shared the stage in Vegas last year with Jerry Rice. 
And before Jerry and I took the stage, Jerry looks at me and he says, you know what, Ben, I've never been able to understand. How could somebody not give 100% when it's 100% their choice? So to me, if a team's going to crush the competition, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Everybody has to be locked in one heartbeat with a mentality they're all going to give their best. So I'm with you. I think the vision to crush the competition, that's the goal. But I think these high performers that have told you we want to crush the competition, they're still focused on their accountability every day and doing their work. They're doing it 100% of the time, the high performers. And you think that, that, you know, like I think of Ray Lewis, and part of me just goes, surely there's some part of that guy that's just thinking about just killing somebody, like just crushing, like just going yep. out and just demolishing somebody. But but uh, I wonder if in reality that's only the byproduct of is he really competing more against himself? And so you, you're saying that you think even at the highest level, those people are, are – it's the, the fact that they're, you know, sort of beating other people or taking them out or tackling them or whatever – it's more of a byproduct of them competing with themselves still? A hundred percent. And the Ray Lewis example is great. Ray, Ray and I last year, we were having a conversation about what it takes to be great. Will Compton, who I mentioned earlier, was at this event Ray and I were speaking at. We're sitting before the event starts. Ray literally walks right over to Will Compton and completely ignores that I'm sitting there because it was his opportunity to mentor Will. He puts one hand on each knee. And if any of you ever seen a Ray Lewis video, I mean, the veins are popping out of his neck, fire in his eyes. I'm thinking, what in the world is about to happen right here? And he looked at Will Compton and he said, Will, are you ready for me to take you to school? He said, I'm going to mm. share with you when I found the difference. He said, the difference for me is when I started taking personal responsibility for myself. I broke down my own game film. And when I did that early on in my career, I recognized that when I was playing four yards off the line, I was nasty. But when I stepped up one yard to three yards off the line, they didn't know what to do with me. Hmm. And then he said, wow. we know the he said, we know the rest of the story, don't we, comp? And he's the greatest linebacker to ever play the game. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. So the question for all the listeners is, when is the last time you broke down your game film? When's the last time we mm -hmm. slowed down in this fast-paced world we live in to say, what makes you great? And what if you repeat what makes you great? And what if you look at areas of opportunity and you try to get better every day to get great in that area too? That's how we increase our performance. So, so picture this, first time John Gordon and I ever share the stage. It's 2008. We had about 350 people in the room. My mentor, right, we've never shared the stage together. He's never heard me speak live. And all of a sudden, we get to the end of the talk, and I'm, like, ready for the feedback. Like, John, like, how did I do? And he looks at me, and he says, Ben, uh, Ben, uh, I love you, man. The message was great. But, man, you are serious as a heart attack. He's like, did you realize that you're allowed to laugh and smile and tell jokes from the stage? <laughs> and I think, like, where, where are we in life if we don't have those people who are there to make us better? And I didn't, I didn't fight John on that. I said, man, I do need to be myself. I was being too tense from the stage. I wasn't letting my natural character and my goofy side sometimes come out. So now all I want to do, I want to connect with people in the audience because I'm trying to be my best because I've got mentors trying to help take me there. So it, mm -hmm. it, that coaching is so important, that breaking down the game, but the willingness to take the feedback and to act on it, that's how we improve.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I love it. So, uh, golly, man, we're, the time is flying by as I knew it, uh, knew it would. Um, so I, w- I want to, there's, I don't want to let you go without this question. Cause here's another question that I, I, I find that a lot of people struggle with. Um, and I think it's a tough dynamic. Let's talk about star players for a second. Um, so star players, you know, on, on, it's like a, kind of like, you have the you have this dynamic, this balance between the team performing and the team winning, um, but then you have star players. These people who they, there's something about them that they they really do certain things well or or whatever. Um, and you know, you mentioned I thought that was really powerful. We were talking about when rookies come, they're fighting for a job. They're not yet a team member, but at some point they they a team becomes a team. But then you have this dynamic of there's always a quarterback or, you know, and it's like or there's always, you know, the, the, there's always the shooting guard and there, there's always the, you know, there's always the whoever. Uh, there's the Jerry, Jerry Rice or not always, but very often championship teams are also have star players. How can you just talk? I just I'm just interested in what you've seen on that dynamic of how does a team full of people who are performing at the highest level, these ultra performers who all are amazing. Uh, they come together as a team, but how do they, how do the good ones do it? Cause I think we've probably, there's probably examples of ones that have gone bad. How do they manage that dynamic of, you know, should there not be any star players? I guess that's one question is, should there not be star players? Should it, it just be the team and that's all that matters? Or is it okay? Or do the non-star players support the star players? Or is it not, it just happens as a byproduct? Like just, I, I'm just curious in professional sports since you're working in the back, like, do you have any thoughts on that dynamic? Absolutely. I, I'll give you the example of Tom Brady. You know, if you look at Tom Brady, some people hate the guy, some people love the guy, but with the reality of what he did in last year's Super Bowl, that is the greatest NFL player to ever walk the face of the earth. And he is humble. He is always about the team. He never takes it about him. And he, he works his butt off. I had the opportunity to be not this last Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl victory before. I was there with the Patriots. I had mentored one of their running backs, and so I got to party on the field with them. I got to see the approach to the, you know, how they prepared for the game. And, you know, I was actually at their training camp that year, and I'm telling you, Tom Brady has a focus and a demeanor about him that allows other people to follow and to work harder. He makes people around him better because he doesn't have a big ego. There's not a lot of swagger. It's all about the team, and it's all about being the best. And I think Mm -hmm. the more that star performers have that mentality, I'm here for us to work as a unit to get better. No team in the history of football has ever won a game with a quarterback and no defense and no offensive linemen or wide receivers, one player against 11. It's never happened. It never will happen. It can't happen. And Tom Brady's taken that approach, and that's why they continue to win, because no matter what players they surround him with, he just wants to get better, and he wants to work as hard as them. Hmm. I love that. You said uh, basically it's all about making the team better. It's just about winning. It's just about the team being the best. That is so, so powerful. Think about it. I mean, the greatest teams recognize that not one person is more important than another. Not one person is more important. So think about it. Even for me, for our company, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not more important than anybody else because the reality is, 
you know, we have employees and we have subcontractors and people who help us run our business. Everybody's equally as important. It doesn't matter that I'm the one who's with the players or I'm the one who's on the stage. We all have to do our job. We all have to perform in order to have an impact on somebody's life. I don't do that by so, myself. I can't do it by myself. No, but there's, there's also but so, so there's, there's different rates of pay, right? Tom Brady makes more than yep. other people. And do you think, you know, do you think jealousy is a big deal on the team? Do you think that kind of stuff comes up or it's just like people look past all that because it's just if there's such a team focus? So those are the, uh, it, that is one of the issues I deal with a lot. You know, a lot of the conversations I have are things, you know, I, I really can't get into on, on an interview, um, things of that nature. But you can imagine that, you know, business or sports. But, you know, those are the conversations where we can really help somebody is when you tell me what's really on your mind that's holding you back. You know, don't just tell me how amazing of a practice you had. Tell me when you're literally struggling with the fact that the guy next to you who you know you're better than is making three times as much money. Like, yeah. tell, me that that's bo- tell me that that's bothering you so that we can have a conversation to get past it. No different than one of your listeners right now who's somebody who's been there 10 years in a company that maybe doesn't believe in meritocracy. There's somebody who you're a better performer than them, yet at the point where you're at in your career, you're making less money. But all we can control is to stay in our lane and to wait for our time. Because all I want for all your listeners is to say, when my opportunity comes, I've done everything I can control one day at a time. I stayed in my lane, and I continued to believe in myself. It doesn't matter what anybody else does, because when the time is ready and the opportunity is there, they're going to look and say, this guy or this gal gave it their best every day. Mm. That is so powerful. So that's the advice, basically, that you would give. If somebody's struggling with that, you go, you got to rise above that and focus just like what you talked about in the very beginning, you stay focused. You don't worry about that. You do your best. You control, and then you just wait patiently until your time shows up. With and so that takes a bit of faith to go. Hey, sooner or later, if I do all those things, my time will show up. J- James one twelve, one of my favorite verses. Blessed is the man. I'll say man or woman who perseveres under trial, for when they have stood the test, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. Every single one of you listening right now, God has given you everything that you need to write your story. Take it, not, not one book at a time, not one chapter at a time. Take that pen and go one word at a time. And focus and be intentional with that word. Stay in your lane and know you've got everything you need to have an impact in the world. Powerful stuff. James, my favorite book of the Bible. Some of you know that's where Jasper James, my son, his middle name comes from, James. So I'm digging it, Ben. Um, where should people go if they want to connect with you and and learn more about mental toughness and peak performance? Well, you know, obviously we're an example that uh, great relationships can be built over social media. So come follow us on Instagram, at Continued Fight. Twitter is at Continued Fight. And my mother, who passed 11 days before my eighth birthday, uh, she's the, the legacy that I fight for every single day to keep writing her story. And she taught me the greatest life lesson I've ever learned. And that's why we say at continued fight. It's not how long you live. It's how you choose to live your life. So keep fighting. Let's rise up together and keep writing your story. Ben Newman, my friends, uh, we'll put a link to his to his Forbes column as well. There's some great stuff there, his website and all those social media places that he mentioned. Brother, thanks for being here, and uh, hey, keep, keep fighting the fight.
Thank you so much. Keep fighting the good fight as well. It's fascinating to me, these ultra performers, right? We use that term a lot, and I talk about that sometimes on stage, or we use that term interchangeably with multipliers. Although when I think about you know, people like Navy SEALs that we've had on the show, and then you know professional athletes and things like that, it's, I think, more of that sort of ultra 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 performer i think that title fits fits them better and it's it's fascinating to me to get into their minds and and you know here ben is one of these guys that is actually part of his job is conditioning their minds right he's like their their mental conditioning coach the way they have a strength and conditioning coach and an agility coach a speed coach he's he is playing that role and i think that it's amazing. One thing that amazes me is that when you, even when you look at these world, the world's like premier athletes and top performers, how much the principles of operating at that level parallel to being successful in any type of business, any type of work, any type of endeavor, or doing anything. I mean, it speaks to the the power of the the that there are these universal truths that lead to ultra performance. That there is there is a certain set of practices and behaviors and beliefs and habits that ultra performers apply. And it doesn't mean it, it doesn't matter if it's in making money or growing a business or making more sales or being a better leader or, uh, you know, being an, uh, uh, an all pro NFL linebacker. And, and that is interesting to me. It's just interesting that it's like, gosh, the mindset of being a great performer really isn't much different regardless of what your profession is. It's like all of these principles apply to being great at whatever it is that you that you do. And procrastination is something that we all have to overcome no matter what. And fear is something we have to all overcome no matter what your profession is. And so that's really powerful. So I just wanted to, I'm just going to highlight for you what my big takeaways were from Ben, you know, thinking back to going, okay, what am I going to implement or what is going to really stick with me from that? And number one is that this idea of a confidence anchor of thinking back to a moment in time, a moment in your life when you were at your peak state of performance. And, uh, you know, I mentioned our partner, Dustin, one of the other co-founders and, um, of Southwestern consulting. And he always talks about this and, and, I, th- I think the term he uses is confidence anchor. I mean, I know I didn't come up with that term, and I'm pretty sure it's from him that I heard that. And and uh, of this, of when were you at your peak? When were you at your best? And I think that is powerful because the the mind very often doesn't even delineate between what is what is real and and what is made up. Uh, it's why nightmares are so powerful. I remember my my high school basketball coach Witty taught me so many different things and uh, he had us read a book called Psycho Cybernetics way back when I was in college and you know they they kind of talk about some of these kinds of things but if you go like why is it that we have a physiological response to a nightmare? Right? Like you're not conscious, you're completely asleep, you're not even like you're not even awake um and it's not real, right? It's not uh, theoretically. Like, I mean, it's not. It's not real. It's not actually happening. But yet, your body has a physiological response. Your heart rate speeds up. You start to sweat, and you wake up in a cold panic, where you have the the full like fight or flight response all activated throughout your body from a nightmare, from a dream. Well, 
that is the proof, right? Like that is the evidence that this mental stuff works, that this mental stuff matters, that it's more than just hooey-fooey, that it's it's actually connected and rooted in biology and physiology and in neuroscience. That and, and if your brain can trick your body while you're unconscious with when you're unintentional, then certainly it could trick your body uh, when you are intentional and you are conscious. What is what what is what a confidence anchor is all about? And you hear so many athletes talk about this, right? You know, I remember watching an interview with Michael Jordan once, and he was just talking about like the power of visualization and visualizing himself performing, and and you know that that the, to him he just pictures the basket just being this big, huge, giant bucket, um, and you know, Olympic athletes, you know, they sprinters and swimmers and all of them, right? They, they, they go through this and it's as if their body, when they get into that moment, the other thing is I think on, on the front end, um, I remember this, you know, when the world championship of public speaking for me, I had relived that moment thousands of times in my head before I ever got on stage, right? I, I could see, the lights, I felt the, the heat of the lights. I could see, you know, the faces out there. I could see the flags on the stage. I could see the little, you know, like uh, cameras all throughout and the little TV cameras and, you know, the huge stage. And I had relived it. And it's like, once you, you relive it, then when you get there, it's like you've already been there and your, your, your body already knows what to do. Your body already knows how to perform and what action to take because it's your, your brain has already trained your body to do it that way. And so I don't know if you want to call that tricking or if you call it preparation or what you call it. All I know is that it works, right? And here you have been talking about firsthand uh, through eyewitness that, that the world's premier athletes are, are doing this as a part of their regular regimented routine, right? That I think is, is, is really cool. And actually, sorry, I'm going to give you four things. Um, the, uh, uh, so that's the first one is, is having this, this confidence anchor. The second one is interesting because this is simple and it's powerful and we do this and we teach our coaching clients to do this, but I don't know why it never, the parallel didn't hit me until we were talking is the power of reviewing film reviewing film, reviewing recordings. And we try to get our people internally, right? Uh, and we talk about record your workshops because that's what our coaches do, right? As they go out, they speak for free. Uh, and and to anybody who has a sales team, our coaches will go out, they will, they will speak for free. Uh, they'll do a free training. And then at the end, they introduce the idea of coaching and you know they'll sign people up for the coaching program, assuming they do a good job and, and all that. The power visualization applies there. Any sales professional that you, before you go into a presentation, right, visualizing success. So that's kind of the confidence anchor. But then the second thing is to go back and review what actually happened. And so we're always talking about, you have to record, right? We're teaching our speakers all the time. You have to record. Nobody's going to be as good of a coach for you as you. Um, and so even though we do that and I do that and I think about it, I still have kind of always thought about it as cheesy until for whatever reason, just listening back here, what Ben is saying is that the best athletes in the world do that right? It's, it's a part of their regular routine. It's a part of their habit that they, they watch film, they break it down, they study it, they analyze it, they're, they're, they pause, they fast forward, they rewind. And it's like, what an epiphany. Like, 
record yourself. Record yourself doing your job and go back and 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 evaluate it. Just listen to it. Just watch it. And you know that is so key. And you know since we're on that topic of evaluation, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a technique that I learned from one of my coaches, uh, a guy named Ed, Ed Tate, who is uh, one of the world champions of public speaking. Ed talked about always watching your film in four different ways. So he would say first. Uh, watch the film, but watch it on mute. And so the reason that you do that is because then what you 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 see just your gestures and you start to pick up nervous ticks, like if you're twirling your hair or you're you're shifting back and forth in your stance or you're, if you're constantly shuffling around and like shuffling your feet or if your hands are always in your pockets. And so you you when you watch it on mute, you really pick up on your gestures. Then he would say. Uh, watch it with your uh, put turn the audio on and the, but then turn your back to it. So all you're doing is listening to it. And so you're just listening to the way that you articulate and what did you actually say. And a lot of times what we think we said is not what actually came out of our mouth. You'll be shocked when you listen to your own recordings like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that. That is not at all what I thought I said. And we 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 don't realize how much that happens. So you watch it with your back to to the screen. Then the third thing is watch it on fast forward. And actually, when you watch it on fast forward, that's when you pick up the nervous gestures and the t- uh, the, the nervous ticks, like twirling your hair. Um, because on fast forward, if you're twirling your hair at normal speed, you won't notice it. But if you're doing it over and over on fast forward, you, you it really stands out. Um, and then finally, the fourth way is to just watch it normal, right? Just watch it normal and pick it up. But that's four different ways. And, you know, there, there again, that's a, one of the world champions of public speaking sharing one of his his best techniques is is watching film these four different ways. So we teach our our coaches and our speakers to do that. That's something that's always stuck with me personally. And boom, here you go. The the champion athletes doing that. So are you recording your presentations? Like how are you getting feedback? How are you getting coaching? And so over the years, we've started encouraging and promoting heavily to our coaches that when they're coaching you to get recordings from you because nothing will be so powerful as the, as when our coaches get to see you in in action right they can they can really diagnose like oh this is what you need to change or you do or or whatever that's part of the power of having a one-on-one coach but record and review film like record yourself or do some type of self evaluation you have to have something and then the third one and this was this was huge. Compete against yourself. Compete against yourself. It's not about beating other people. It's about beating your potential. It's about being better than who you were yesterday. And comparison is the thief of joy. It's also the creator of mediocrity. Like comparison is so dangerous, right? Because when we look at somebody and we go, oh, they're, they're, they are better than me or, or they're, they're getting paid more than I am or that's unfair. You know, we start to think of, oh, that's unfair or, I, or I'm disadvantaged or I'm not good enough or all. It's, it's, it's a thief of joy. It also can be the creator of mediocrity if you are outperforming that person, right? Like you're the one who has the starting spot or you're the one that has, you know, the higher you know, salary earnings or, you know, whatever, because you're the starter or whatever. And, and then you slow down and you don't realize, hey, there's people coming after your job. There's people. So it's not about comparing yourself to other people. It's about comparing yourself to your potential, performing against your potential, comparing yourself to your best. That's what we're after in 
and really what an empowering insight to hear again that the world's ultra performers are doing that very thing. And then finally, uh, number four, and this is so key, is the team has to be first. The team has to be first. You have to be willing to put the team above yourself. And I will be the first one to raise my hand and say, you know what? I haven't always done that in my life. And there's been times that I've really struggled with that. And it's, it's a battle. It's a flat out battle because you have arrogance and pride and your, your own self-esteem issues, right? Like the, the less real self-confidence you have, the more you tend to assert your, yourself as an individual a lot of times. But there, the power ultimately is, is in the team. That reminds me of the old African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with a team. Put the team first. And, and how cool to hear Ben, you know, have this sort of like insider view with Tom, Tom Brady and uh, the Patriots. And, you know, if you didn't see the Super Bowl that he was talking about, they had this huge comeback and it was just absolutely unbelievable. I, I even posted about it and I am not a Patriots fan. Um, and I, I did a post about it because I was so inspiring and, and that they not, that not only that they never give up, but the way they came together and, and he led them. He was the leader. He is the star player, so to speak, but it's not about him. It's about the team. And what makes him great is, is it's about the team first. And the fact that he happens to be called the greatest player of all time or the MVP or the all-star, it's not because of a focus of him to do that. That's a byproduct of being a great leader. And to me, that is the most powerful of everything that came out of that conversation because everything else is about performing in the NFL, right? Like how do you compete in the NFL? But that example of Tom Brady, that's like how to be the best ever among the best ever, right? That's, that's going from being an ultra performer to being a legend. And that's about selflessness. It's about service. It's about perspective. It's about self-confidence that allows your selfishness to die and being in service of a team and a mission and a cause. So what would that look like if you did that in your life? What would happen if you put the team first? If you put your family first? If you put the, the, the company first? And, and you just became, you know, the facilitator, the servant, the, the, if you just became, uh, not to say you wouldn't be a star player, not to say you wouldn't perform and break records, you would do all that, but it wouldn't be about that. That's, that is the byproduct of a focus on the team. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with a team. Well, that about wraps up the Action Catalyst podcast for this week. If you haven't yet, please log in to whatever your favorite medium is to listen to the show and both rate this podcast and leave a comment as that helps new prospective listeners determine if the show's really a good fit for them. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst 
and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.